What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Scale Riders Podcast. This is episode number 153. I am your host, 65 Lokes. My guest for this episode is none other than Iceman Collections, all the way from Arizona. Let's go right ahead and get things started. We're going to be talking about a lot of various things. Joel is a skilled model builder, entrepreneur, and also a person on the forefront with the 3D printing game. So let's go right ahead and get into this. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, Edgar. Yo, what's up, Iceman? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Welcome back to another episode of the Scale Riders Podcast. Man, it's, awesome. it's been a minute, bro. Thanks for having me. It has been about two years. I was taking a look when you invited me this time. I was like, <laughs> how long has it been? It's yeah. been about two years, bro. Thank, thanks for having me back, man. I appreciate yeah. it. And I mean, uh, a lot of things have changed, too, within the two-year span. Um, yeah. And obviously, it feels like uh, like time's like running out, right? It feels like time's running out. It feels like time's moving very fast. Like, you know, they say time is just a concept. You don't even know if it's real. But it, it's so many things have changed in the last couple of years. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, it's so true. And even just from seeing your uh, Instagram, um, you know, it's like you're very busy, active on there. But then again, it's like you you got a lot of products you're creating and coming out with. But then on top of that, you still mm-hmm. have the time to build, dude. And that's where I trip out. And I'm like, man. And then I get inspired because I'm like, man, I need, <laughs> I need to get back into building too. Uh, I just, those, you know, those few minutes a day that I can just spend at the bench gluing something together. It's what keeps me sane because like the, I get overwhelmed sometimes with some of the, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, that I'm printing and everything. And so I need to sometimes take a step back and I learned, that's one of the things that I learned last year is that I was working way too fast to release things. Um, and so by the end of the year, I, I took a few weeks off in December. I even closed down the store and everything just to kind of decompress because focusing on getting so much stuff out very fast was really overwhelming for me. So that's one of the things that I've changed this year is just spend more time at the bench if I can, um, you know, learn to kind of separate the time and spread it out. I still spend time with my family. I still do, a, you know, a nine to five. I do 40 hours a week with my regular job. So it's I don't have time for anything else. Edgar, so it's all just <laughs> perfectly fits in my day. Yeah, that's pretty dope, though, that you, um, you know, you, you decompress and you realized about the timing of the releases, you know, like not mm-hmm. pressuring yourself so much to be putting out a bunch of stuff. I know you want to, you know, help as many people out there to produce things that they're looking for. But then again, yeah. it's like, I feel like the way you're doing it, spreading it out and being able to promote it. And then just having people just, it's almost like that anticipation of waiting for it. And mm-hmm. once it's out, it makes it so worth it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, when I started, uh, when I opened up the eBay store and I started offering all these 3d printed products and still till now, there's a lot of people that will ask if I, you know, if I'll make custom stuff for them, but I, I don't, it's very rare that, you know, that I'll take up on, on something custom just because I don't like making people wait for something. And because I have to consistently be keeping up with the inventory in the store, I don't want to put anybody on the back burner and then me forget or it takes forever and it holds up their builds. So 
I've I've made it almost a rule just to not take any custom projects or you know somebody will see something I print and they're like can you make it in this scale can you change this and I'm and I I hate saying no but I just don't have the time for it man yeah it almost seems kind of similar to even just like commission builds huh like people asking can you build this can you build that and it's yeah. almost like you're just kind of like that could even take you down that route too that at some point it's not even fun and and I mean commission work is is really what it is it feels like work i mean even though you're doing something that you like um it's still work you know you still have to meet the that specific customer's expectations you know that's what they're paying you for and so and it, and it's not so much that it, you know it takes time to be able to offer a product when especially when somebody pays for something specific and it's commission work and it does start to feel that um you know that it that it burns you out because i've done it before and once it starts feeling like like work, um, I don't want to do it anymore. And I don't want this to turn out like that. Yeah, no, nah, I understand. Um, and from when you started to like now, um, just seeing like the evolution and even just the things that, that you've learned um, as far as like um, like machines or just even the, the material, the raw materials that you use. When you look mm -hmm. back, do you always look like, man, I, I came a long way. I mean, I know you're still learning, but still just like that, that process of going I, from then to now. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I do feel like I've come a long way, but there's no way that I would have been able to do, you know, what I do now by myself. Um, you know, almost everybody knows that I don't do my own designs. I'm more of a printer. So I've been extremely lucky. And every time that, you know, I have conversations like these with other people, it, it's humbling that there's, you know, a few designers out there that are working with me that have worked with me in the past to be able to, you know, work on designs. Some of these are available out to the public. Some are exclusive to our store. But from where I've been and what I was printing at the beginning to where I am now, I owe a lot of it to a lot of these great designers. I owe a lot of it to everybody in the community that's, you know, putting these engines, these pieces on their bench. So the work that I'm doing, it would have not grown without all the support that I get. And I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah. And and as far as like machines, um, do you still have a lot of your originals or did you just kind of little by little been like upgrading and just, you know, stepping away from the first machines you started off with? Yeah, I, I do have one original machine, and I started with um, the one of the photons, the Amycubic photons. That's the one that uh, it's still around. It's kind of old, but I do have one of those, and I, I mainly use it to test out some of the small pieces. But over time, um, as new machines were introduced, you know, bigger or better or, you know, very cliche, but bigger, better, uh, I was able to upgrade. So now with the newest printer that i have my one of my biggest ones that's where a lot of the bodies that i print come in nice. and, and then it's really has helped me the technology has moved so fast in the last couple of years at, at least for me from when i looked into it and so it's really lended itself to be able to offer um you know better pieces smoother bigger things like that and, and there's a lot of guys that i see that are doing the same thing and it's it's amazing to just see it all around yeah, I mean, I, I do see some people uh, posting, you know, that they just got a printer, and mm -hmm. I mean, I could see that the excitement in that, you know. I don't, I don't have one yet, but I know for sure, like in the future, I'll probably be like super excited as well. 
but I also yeah. know that it, it's also going to come, come with like a learning curve. You know, it, it's going to be a bit stressful at times, I bet, to dial it in. Um, to kind of mm -hmm. understand though the whole process of the of three D printing. Yeah, and you know, from I've talked to a lot of people about when I've been learning, and also people have asked me about, hey, you know, what do I do? Where do you know what's happening? And the the learning curve from from my experience is is different for everyone, and it's also going to be different depending on the type of machine you get, what you're looking to print. Um, how tech savvy are you? How, you know, can you do, can you manipulate some of the, uh, software that's available for you to modify things, you know, just little things like that is going to affect the learning curve. But I really think that, that just about anybody can do it, especially when they take the time to just invest in figuring it out just for themselves. You know, if, if the intent is I'm going to print stuff for my builds, that's awesome. It can easily be achieved. And then from there, you know, if they decide to try and turn it into a business, it can also be done. But the learning curve is going to be there. Um, at least it was for me. And every new machine that I've gotten, there's been a brand new learning curve uh, that I've had to get through to get to, you know, to where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like someone getting into it now, um, they're, they're like steps behind or, or they could kind of catch up within the year? Oh, no. I think they can catch up because... T technology is moving really fast, like I said, right? But right now, some of the more popular brands and models of printers are the ones that everybody's getting. And so that's right now the, the you know, the consistent level where everybody can be at in just a matter of weeks. Damn. Once the bigger printers are starting to come out, then there's a bigger challenge because there's additional factors you have to consider, right? But if you're just in it to print, you know, like the Mono X is one of the most popular ones right now that I've seen. Um, I think the price is about three, four hundred dollars. Maybe you can print bodies in that, um, but because of the size, there's certain limitations to it. But when you look at parts for your engines, parts to customize your builds, wheels, all that comes out beautiful. Even with some of the um, smaller printers, you know, once you dial in your settings, like you said, every every print after that works out very well. Dang. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm all visualizing like the machine working, printing all the yeah, stuff out. I've had conversations with a lot of designers and we're like, like you know, <laughs> this Christmas, it was like everybody's getting printers. That's awesome because you get to see how the builds evolve. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that have gone into it um, and you see how their builds change from what they used to be before they got a printer <laughs> to what it is now. Um, you know, so I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, what... Like now that you said that, like one of the builds that stood out to me uh, was a model builder out from out here from Southern California. I had him on the podcast Dutch uh, Dog Three Models. Yeah, and that, oh, yeah. he's doing amazing stuff with like, that. That that truck he did, like there was a lot of different things he scratched up, but there was also some three D printed stuff. But just yeah. seeing that one in person, um, and and just you know seeing other cars on the tables and just being like, man, like this. This one's like super custom. Like there's all these yeah. different modifications, but it also, you know, it's it's exciting for the for the future to see more things like that, you know, to be coming out in different various builds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that build and all the builds that I've seen Dutch do are, are amazing. And one of the things that I admire about him and just some of the other builders is that they take their time, you know, and they 
they test out so many things. And I even heard him on the podcast say that, you know, one day he'll try this engine and it looks great. And then the next day he'll print something new. And now he's got a brand new engine on the same project. So there's just so many uh, options available when, when you get a printer that it's at your disposal. You know, you're like, I don't like these wheels. I'm going to look for something else. And you can do it overnight. Um, so it's it's really cool that, you know, we're starting to see some of these 3D printed builds um, at shows and and more so, you know, that that they're bringing home some of those trophies that that they're winning, that they're making a difference with just the caliber of builds that they're doing. No, yeah, it, it's um, like as far as like engines, you know, I know you you um, you print different ones and then there's also, you know, wheels. Everyone's always looking for wheels. I always feel like mm-hmm. the various things that that we didn't have back then or we were having trouble finding or getting now yeah. like you're filling in that void you know and then there's other companies filling in other voids uh so things are starting to come together and now it, it's even you know like like if somebody somebody decides all right i want to build a lowrider and back yes. then you know your people were struggling about the wheels and then now it's different like you have mm-hmm. uh, lowrider model car part wheels that you can get for yep. japan and it's like all right cool like now i don't have to stress out about wheels like as far as for a lowrider build like what, what do I want to use for my wire wheels? And when it comes to like the engines, um, I might have already asked you this. I can't even remember right now. But um, <laughs> as far as like deciding, um, you know, what what is it that you want to print? Um, are you are you looking at let's say like popular engines that that are out or have been out in the market, or is it just something that you're like, man, there hasn't been an engine for this particular model kit. Let's just say like an Aoshima Fujimi kit. Or, or even uh, like a Ravel kit, like something nice that you want to put in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both. And I would even add, you know, something that I personally want to add to one of my builds. Um, what, you know, a lot of people say that the LSX or all of the LS uh, engines are pretty popular, right? Everybody wants to do swaps and whatnot. But there are files out there where that people can download for themselves and and print some of these right but when i start looking at what i want to release next there's a couple of things that i do so i kind of do uh um a little bit of studying on what people are asking for i don't know if you've seen once in a while i'll, I'll ask you know what what engines would you like would you guys like to see and i get tons of responses right um but I also look at some of the customizations that people are doing on their builds. There's even though 3D printing is around, I still see a lot of scratch building. And so when you start to see people scratch building um, these parts for their engines, and you see a very high response of, you know, how'd you do that? That looks amazing. Then those are kind of the targets that I set on what type of engine, you know, I think I should release next. And then the other thing is um, like the 632 that came out this year, right? Uh, I, I had a, a couple of engines that that Maddie, and huge thanks to him for working on on uh, you know getting this one out. But I had the base of of what the engine was going to look like. I had the block and a couple of components, and and I asked them, and he was already thinking about doing the same thing. Uh, so it was easy to kind of convince him to work on that one. 
he did the 632. We we were able to release that as a 3D print before it even came around in real, in, you know, in the one one world, <laughs> yeah. which was super cool because we were like, OK, we can go based on the pictures that are out there right now, but we'll have to revisit it when it actually launches yeah. to make any changes. And so we did that. Um, and so, you know, the the 632 version that I have is slightly different from the one that he released uh, on his cults page for other people to download. So, you know, th th that's that's kind of how it works with the engines. If, if we see something that, um, you know, that is interesting, I'll talk to some of the designers and some of them will be like, yeah, that's cool. Or, you know, let's do this instead. One that I get asked about a whole lot that I that I'm working to put out there are some of those Nelson racing engines. That they have like the um, the alien looking intake. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you've seen it. It's a glossy black intake that kind of curves all the way down. Uh, very popular. There's a couple of people that offer the files already, but I've been asked for that one forever, and I'm hoping that I can release it this year. Um, so it's in the works. Hopefully, it comes sooner than later. But sometimes I just have to, you know, kind of listen to the demand and be like okay mm -hmm. i don't like i don't like that engine but let, let's get it out that's cool yeah it's um right now that you're, you're talking about that like you know um having that connection with the with the customers and people what they want right um one one thing that uh like one of my distributors i'll give you this as an example and, and who knows maybe you could kind of do this in the future with that uh just mm -hmm. to throw it out there they sent out like a, a list right of all the kits and they say they send this to, out to everybody who's part of the distribution, right? And everybody has to fill out the form, like saying, like, all right, um, let's say out of like twenty kits, um, which ones do you want, and how many do you want? So you know, you fill mm -hmm. it out. You want quantity ten or five or whatever. And then there's some that you're like, ah, oh, I don't even want that. So you just leave it for zero. So they, you know, they ask you deadline, submit the forms by this date. You, they get the forms and then they start to tell you productions. It won't start until like January, like first quarter of the year, January through yeah. uh, March. So then once they receive, you know, all this information now from all of us, um, they they start to determine what they're actually what is actually going to go into production because the kits aren't mm -hmm. even they're not even built yet. Like they're not they haven't even created them yet. They have the molds and everything, but they just haven't, you know, set, set them up yet. So then from right there, whatever numbers are low or at zero, like those didn't make the cut, the production cut. So they won't even bother in even making those because yeah. they figure, well, if the shops don't want them, you know, their customers yeah. probably don't even want them. And then whatever has a high demand, let's say it's like the, the those top 10 or whatever, then they're going to they're gonna definitely... Uh, create those and they're gonna try to dial it in at that number maybe not exact but somewhere mm -hmm. um, on that threshold so this way they produce all that and then once all that's all said and done they keep you updated and then later um within months after that first quarter the production starts to like they start to ship stuff out you know yeah. and, and then they get it into the stores but um I, I asked some people about that, and they were saying that, you know, they've been doing this for a while, that there were some times they weren't doing it before, but now um, they're just trying to really uh, manage everything, the resources and everything, so this way they don't just print a bunch of stuff that's just going to sit on the shelves for a long time. Yeah. 
because nobody nobody really desires like those. Oh, I've had that happen. Characters <laughs> or you know or, or cars or whatever. It, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's interesting. Um, that is, I didn't even know that they did that. I mean, who else knows their audience better than like you guys, right? Because you know what people are buying, you know what's what's popular. So that's pretty interesting that they do that. Yeah, and, and it and it's um it's like I've been learning things as as I've been going too. Um, I learned a lot like the first year of going into like business moving forward uh, with the scale writer store. And, um, and I, I don't know, I was telling one of my friends, I was telling him, man, I'm, I'm tripping out that, you know, like that first year, um, I will, I was selling a lot of tools and stuff. And now little mm-hmm. by little, it's kind of shifting, like it gets going into more, more kits and, um, uh, materials and also like detail parts and, yeah. and paint. Like, and so, sometimes it's exciting when you get, when I get an order and like, I'm going to put it together to ship out and it's a little bit of everything or like one thing or a couple That's things cool. of everything. And it, and it just, in my mind, I'm just thinking like, man, I wonder if, if the customer was like searching through the site, adding things like, Oh, I'm going to build that car and I'm going to use this paint and you know, mm-hmm. this material here and everything or detail parts all together. So it's kind of cool. Um, like seeing that, but, but it also helped me like to realize, you know what, I don't think I'm going to carry this product anymore or I need to tone it down with this one because you know, it's not as popular as it was at some point. Yeah, and and I think it happens in a lot of hobby shops, you know, because I've had stuff that I've printed and I'm like, this is going to be home run. You know, it's going to sell quickly. And then I'll, I'll print and then it's very, very, uh, you know, very low sales or whatever. So I've had to discontinue a few things that just sat on the shelf for a long time. So I was like, okay, I need space for you know, new items. So let's just get rid of this one and start producing it or stop producing it. So I've done that a few times. So I can imagine that you go through the same thing with some of the stuff that you keep in your inventory. No, yeah, dude, it's a funny story. This, there's this one, um, this one tool I wanted to get, right. And it's from Japan and I couldn't get it. I just couldn't. I was like, dang, only, um, the, all the Gundam builders out in Japan and, and Asia have them, but no one has them here. And mm-hmm. I'm, and in my mind, like I'm thinking, man, if if I get this tool out here, like, you know, I'm I'm thinking like, like you like home run, you know, with, with all the hard yeah. hardcore Gundam builders that are like, you know, like super, like just hardcore about like doing all the panel lines and everything, and building mm-hmm. and competing. I'm thinking like, oh, you know, these are gonna be the dudes that are gonna cop this because they they know what's up, but and they use some of these tools too, you know. But this is the one tool that it's not here in the U.S. And, um, and I, I just remember, dude, it was so funny that I, I was emailing and then finally they put me in contact with like a, a U.S. distributor for that tool. And, mm-hmm. um, and that dude called me instead of like emailing back, he just called me and he, and he wanted to like, you know, he wanted to chat. So I, I was yeah. talking to him for like an hour and, uh, <laughs> and it was just funny. Like I'm trying to explain to him like the whole model world. Cause he didn't really even understand. He's like, what? Like. I was like tripping. I was telling him, "Dude, you're selling this stuff, and you don't even know really know about the model world. What the heck?" So then uh, we were talking for a long time, and then the dude's like, "Oh, don't trip. Like, I'll, I'll send you, you know, what you want. You could get it for me." So I ended up getting it, and I'm over here thinking, like, "Oh, dude, this is gonna be like a fast seller or whatever." <laughs> nah, bro, that thing sat there no. for oh, a man. long time, and um, and I, I mean, I, I got rid of it like later, but. It was just funny that it took so long. And even when when I was like advertising it 
towards uh, Gundam Builders. It was it was like crickets, bro. Like nothing. Like oh yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> oh, tripping man. on that. I was going like, damn, that's kind of funny. Like it was like whatever. But I learned. I learned right there. And I was like, man, I, if anything, maybe what if it was just me hyping myself up on that? Yeah, I, I've done that. I've been like, oh, man, like, this is an amazing piece. I'm going to put it out. I'm going to build it. And then nothing. Crickets, like you said, it's funny. It happens, man. Yeah, so it's it's a trip, you know. And and every time when I'm, like, looking into, um, like, restocking or buying something, I'm always kind of very careful, like, I'll add it to car in quantity and then I'll sleep on it. I'll be like, all right, I'll see how I feel tomorrow. You know, maybe yeah. I might need to adjust the numbers on there or just take it off the the purchase basket, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's how I've been before. You know, I bought files and I'll be like, okay, like, do I need to start mass producing this now? And so sometimes I wake up and I'm like, no, let's just I'll print one for myself and put it away. But no one's going to be as excited as me. And that's even part of the reason that I've done some of these pieces as limited runs, because I know that they're not going to be, you know, crazy sellers, but like, I want to build one for me. So I'll print a few and then they, I do limited runs. And once they're out, they're out, you know? So, yeah, now that's pretty cool. That that makes a lot of sense um, right there. W one question I have for you is like, when you, are, let's say you decide, all right, I'm going to print this engine. And you have everything set. When you hit print, um, do you just let that one print and you come back to it and you and you have to remove it from the tray? Or is it just constantly like printing, printing over and over? How does that work? Yeah, so with the printer, so you, you set it up on your computer, right? Depending on the size of your printer, you set up, let's say, three engines fit on the plate. So you put that on a USB, you put it on a printer, and then you hit print. And then it'll tell you it's going to take you know, three and a half hours or whatever. During that time, it's just printing. It doesn't need anything from you. When it finishes, then you got to come and take it off the plate. You got to wash it. You got to cure it, you know, depending on the resin that you're using. Everybody kind of has a different process, but you got to do that cleanup after. And then once it's cured, then, you know, it's good to go. Like, well, you want to build it or, or whatever. But it takes, uh, like, if I were to download a brand new engine right now and set it up, it would take me approximately seven to eight hours if i only did that seven to eight hours before i had a piece that i could build dang and do you do you do printing like like have you ever done this like you you leave something printing overnight and you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like oh there it is or, or you can't you kind of have to be on standby you'd um you don't have to be on standby i'm i'm a little paranoid about it a little bit just because the printers are on the opposite end of where my bedroom is um but there are times when i've had to do it when i feel like i'm falling behind uh that's when i do it so i won't do it with like engines and some of the smaller stuff but like with some of the kits um sometimes when i feel like i'm falling behind and i'm not shipping them out fast enough then i will leave one you know overnight and because the kits are going to take a lot longer i need i need that workhorse to keep going even when i'm not there Mm. And and as far as like the that resin, that liquid, do you run through it pretty fast or is it something that lasts like a pretty good amount of time? That That's a good question. And, and guys that, that want to get into printing ask me that often. And, and I always tell them that it's, it's going to depend on how often they want to print. Like for me, I since I work on, you know, keeping my inventory stocked or, or you know, I restock every Saturday, right? So my machines are running from 
as soon as I clock into my regular day job, which is about seven, my machines are already running at that time. Uh, depending on how much uh, inventory I need to restock, sometimes I'll run them until eight or nine. And if, if once I'm caught up, then like five o'clock, everything is off. So it depends. And so with that comes on how much resin you're using, right? Since I'm printing uh, every day, you know, six to eight hours, I go through a lot of resin, but for somebody that's going to buy a printer and just use it for their personal use, a bottle of resin, uh, it'll last you quite a long time, right? Once you get past the learning curve, because during the learning curve, you're, you're getting a lot of failed prints. You're still learning. You're still tossing a lot of stuff out. But once you get the hang of it, your your settings are dialed in, then the, the resin bottle should last you you know, quite a while if, you, if you're printing for yourself. Yeah. Nice. And do you think um, like for the, for like a beginner that just buys a printer and buys files, um, do you think their expectations are kind of high to get it done in that first print or there's all those first five prints that it's going to be like all good to go? Uh, some, some, I think so. Um, and I think it, it may be more for some of the guys and girls that don't, uh, you know, they want to get a printer based on what they've seen everybody do. Mm-hmm. But I think that if they don't take the time to do a little bit of research on what it, you know, what the printing process is outside of the model car community, the, I think the learning curve is a little bit more challenging because, um, you know, I've heard some folks say, well, you know, you download the file, you set it up and you print it. it there's a, a step in between that where you have to set up those supports, that support tree. And so sometimes it, you know, it fails if, if it's not done correctly. That's where you kind of, that's where that learning curve comes in because you learn how to set all that up. So from the first print to the 10th print, you probably get faster at setting things up. Mm, nice. And there's one dude that you had posted um, earlier this year that caught my eye and it's still I'm still thinking about it all the time. It's the 2021 BMW M4. Mhm. And Ooh, uh, yeah. Walker Designs uh did the he he had sent it out to him to uh to get it painted and built up for the cover mm-hmm. art. And man, like you know what's a, what's crazy is the first time I saw that car um like just like advertised like on TV or just even on the road I've seen some I when I saw the front grill like I wasn't really a, a fan of it. I was just like, man, that looks different, you know. But then mm-hmm. the more I was looking at the car, the more it, I I started to like it, dude. And then I was like, I saw one on the freeway, and I was like, and I saw it from behind, like pulling up, and I'm like, damn, that car looks so mean, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, when I saw you like posting that that, that you uh, have that one out or you know gonna be coming out with that, I was like, dude that looks like such a dope car and it's like it, it's one of those things like knowing that it's something new and no one has built it yet you know like it's not out there yeah and so it's like when it gets built and you bring it out let's say to a show it's definitely going to stand out because it's a new car and um and just seeing uh when I, I was talking to uh to walker designs he he was showing like um what he was doing, you know, and I remember him sending me like a photo of a white body one. And I was like, mm-hmm. dang, that looks even dope, you know, like crazier. I was yeah. like, what the heck? I was like, God damn, this car is so dope. And I don't know, man, like, when's that going to come out? 
Yeah, Jesse's helped me with with a couple of of the box art builds. He did the blazer also, and I have you know I, I asked him if he wanted to do the, the M4, and he was really excited about it. And and uh, I'm gonna give you all the details on when it's coming out, but I want to tell you something funny about the interaction on when I when I had him do it. Um, when he did the blazer, I was like, you know, do the blazer, build it however you want. Try not to over customize it because you know if you put something that's not attainable on the on the cover art you know <laughs> yeah. not all builders are going to be like oh i want it for that reason right so i was like oh, don't customize yeah. it a whole lot <laughs> and then before i know it he's cut the giant sunroof on the top he slammed it and then i was all like oh. i was all like okay like it looks amazing i was like but i needed something simpler i was like do it and and we put it on the box art uh, uh george from uh so many ways he did the lowrider version that we also put on the box art so it was really cool to see uh, you know, two different styles of the same build. So when I sent Jesse the M4, I said, please don't customize it as much as, you know, as you want to, because I know that he goes all out on his customizing. So then he started sending me some shots or whatever. And so, you know, we, we kind of agreed that he was happy with, with, uh, with where he ended up. And he did a great job with, with setting it up. Uh, he's still going to de- do additional details. And so for for the M4, this is one that I'm pretty excited about. Also, I feel the same way about the grill like you do. It's it's amazing when you see it, even in the model. Um, but I that's the next one that's coming out. So the, um, what did we just do? We we got past the uh, 79th Thunderbird. Um, we did the the uh, Canon Maverick, the X3 Max. That one I just finished. Um, sending all orders out. And then right now I'm doing that utility bed, which is not a full kit, but just a conversion. And that one ends on Sunday. So I'm working through some final details for the M4 because it's going to be a full package. Um, it's not going to be just the kit, uh, but it is going to include decals. So yeah. it'll have water slide decals, that, yeah. you know, everything that a kit comes with, all the emblems. Uh, for the seats, for the wheels, for the navigation screen, and for the gauges. All that's going to be included. As soon as I have them, I'm going to post them so everybody can see them. Uh, I'm going to tag the the person that I'm working with to help me out with that. And then the other thing that I'm also going to be releasing with it is going to be factory paint for the the BMW M4. Two different colors uh, that are factory colors from the competition model. So Man, that's awesome. some really nice bright colors that I'll be offering. And it and it comes with the wheels also. So this is a complete kit um, that's gonna have those extra uh pieces, you know, just something different that I that I hadn't done before. I've done wheels before, you know, I've partnered with uh Lowrider model car parts to do the wheels for the Thunderbird. Um, you know, so but this one here, in addition to it having wheels, we're gonna do decals, we're gonna do um paint as well some two of the bright colors that i really like so hopefully people um like that you know it's a little bit different um and if not they don't need to get it with that if they just want the kit i'm gonna make that as an option as well if they don't want to spend the extra money on on the other pieces but i'm excited for that one um i can tell you that it won't come in march uh during the month of march i'm not sure that i'm going to release a kit yet i'm still working through something but it's going to come in April, probably the first week of April at the latest. Yeah, I mean, just just take your time, you know, and, until everything, until you feel that it's right. Like, all right, it's ready. But I do yeah. appreciate and I like these collaborations you're doing because, like you mentioned, Loiter, 
uh, model car parts, and then you also did the collaboration with Detail Junkies with the photo edge parts. That's right, with with the and, Caddy. I've done a few a few with him, but he did the whole uh, set of photo edge for the Caddy. That's yeah, right. and I feel like now you know from those experiences is what's leading up to this. You know, with the water slide mm-hmm. decals and also in a colors. It's like it's like the colors are gonna be. You know, um, I don't know if they're going to be exclusive, but I like that it's you're working together to create this color for this car. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a head start on that exclusivity and then later they'll be offered to everybody else through, yeah. through the lineup. Um, and so, you know, once I have all the details and I can share everything, I, I'll post about it. But it's it's been really, really great to collaborate with not just the builders that are helping me do the box art, but with some of these add-ons, you know, the wheels, the photo edge set, um, and now even paint and decals, it's it's really cool. And one of the things that happens to me a whole lot, like the BMW, I was going to release it um, in March, like I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, it's missing something. Um, and I started looking at a BMW. I, in my stash, I have an old BMW kit that I just came across while looking for something else. And I was all like, I need decals. That's what it needs. Because even when Jesse got it, and he sent it to me. I was all like, it's missing the decals. It's missing the, lo- you know, the emblems. And so I looked into it, found somebody that could help me out. And so that kind of hit the break on the whole release date. Yeah. And so now what I'm doing is I'm planning a little bit farther ahead on when, what I'm going to release and when I'm going to release it. Because it takes time to, you know, get some of these guys that are helping me out with, with the box art. And I don't like rushing them, right? So if we want it to look good. I want them to build something that they want to. Uh, keep on their shelf also um so i'm I'm trying to uh be a better planner this year on what's going to be released and when so that what we put out is something that people are really happy with yeah i mean i I feel it if anything you you might you know i'm pretty sure you'll get some inspiration on releases from other companies like let's say like i remember revel back then um seeing i don't see it as much maybe because i'm not searching for it but I remember mm-hmm. they would put out like a, it almost looked like an ad or like a little newsletter kind of thing. And it would have um, like the, like the year and then it would mm-hmm. have the quarter and it would show. Oh yeah. Like the I first, remember those. I don't know, like it would be what, like a lineup of four cars or whatever. And then the next, and then the next kind of just giving you a heads up and creating that excitement of what's to come for this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, I, I feel like as you grow and, and everything you know comes together i'm pretty sure in the future you'll you'll probably be doing something like that where you know after you speak with your customers and the community you know and you find out like let's say like you do the polls or whatever like voting you know cars desired for like 2023 um you know production and and things like that engines and and all these various things I'm, i'm pretty sure you'll be able to spread it out where maybe you'll do like a couple cars every quarter um mm-hmm. and and you know i'm pretty sure dude you're gonna be doing a lot of more um things like that like adding the water slides and other things watch because i feel like the more everything is evolving and and you know you're doing this because it you know as, as much as you're doing this process as like a manufacturer to create it, but, but you're also putting out to me, it's like, it's like art. It's almost like music. Like you're creating an mm-hmm. album, you know, you're, you're making sure that everything's in there, the packaging, you know? So this way yeah. it, it's definitely an experience for a customer when they buy it and they open it up and they see everything that it comes in 
that gets them excited, you know, and and it's definitely worth it, dude. I mean, take your time, but I definitely am going to put me down. I'm going to buy one of those M4s for sure, dude. They're, they're really nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. And thanks for the words of encouragement. And, you know, when it, when I first opened the news store that I have, um, I'm doing a monthly newsletter, right? So people will know what's, what's coming out that month or, or, you know, what my plans are. I try to be as transparent as possible, but I, I don't. I, I don't share anything that is too far out for one one big reason, because I have a hard time committing to something very far out. And the reason that that happens is because <laughs> I'll test print something and I'll give you an example. I did the, the, um, the two, I think it was a 2003. I did the GMC uh, pickup, right? Three versions. It was a standard uh, with the short cab. It was uh, the extended cab and then it was a dually and people were really excited about it. And I was excited about it too. And I was ready to send it out for paint and the box art. And then the uh, the Maverick came out and I was like, this, I got to do this one first. And then the Thunderbird, and I was like, I got to do this one first. And now the, the M4, I'm like, I have to do this one first. So when some of these designers put out something that I'm like, I want to do it, sometimes I shuffle around the, the list that I have of what I'm going to release. So it's very hard for me to commit to something if I'm not, you know, if something else better comes along. Um, I have to change right away. And the other example that I'll give you is I was planning on releasing uh, a wide body charger. Again, I, I did a Hellcat. It was one of the first releases I did last year. And so I've, I have been working on a wide body charger um, for releasing in the next couple of months. And then round two just announced their 2021 uh, charger. And so now there's no need for me to make it because, you know, plastic kits are going to be way more popular than 3D model kits still right now. So I was like, all right, this one is just not going to happen. I'm now looking forward to that plastic kit that they put out. Yeah. Have you... But it's um, changing the drop of a dime. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard to plan something so far out and to say this is exactly how it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you have to be, you know, just kind of out there looking, right? Like investigating and then... Because imagine you're like in the middle of it or you're getting ready to drop and then the announcement comes you're like dang but then again yeah. i don't know i guess i guess you kind of can do even a more limited run um for people that want to get it what one question that i also had for you was wide body like fenders um things like that for like you know supras and um mm-hmm. gtrs or you know have you ever gotten requests for wide body parts or or just um certain you know, like parts for, for kits that are already out? Yeah, I have, you know, white, white bodies are very popular, uh, add-ons with, uh, a lot of the JDM builds, especially, I think. Um, and I've seen a lot of the guys, you know, do them, some of them print them and they sell them that way. Some of them print them and then cast them and sell them that way. So they're out there. Um, I've, I haven't I haven't released any. I've printed a few for myself. Um, the very first one that I'm releasing is actually this week, and it's the and they're just fenders really, uh, but it's for the '67 Camaro. That's what it was designed for. But based on the measurements, I think it'll fit other cars like some of the Firebirds from the '60s and things like that. Um, so I'm that's one of the things that I want to slowly start getting into this year is some of those uh kits because you know you have designers like uh black box that that's designed some of them 
Um, you have uh, uh, Print Pixel 3D, I believe is, is his Instagram handle. He designs a whole lot. And so there's there's a few that I can, you know, grab, slightly modify for, for the kits that we use, and then they, they would fit. But again, it just takes a little bit of time um, and, you know, deciding what is it that I really want to release. And because I'm not too familiar with those types of builds, it, it makes me more hesitant because I don't know that I have all the answers to how it should fit, how it should look, aside from everything I find on Google. You know, so there, there's a couple of things that I'm planning on on us releasing releasing this year, a couple of uh, wide bodies and and actually shifting from releasing the full wide body charger now that they're going to release a 2021 version. Um, I have something in the works already for that, uh, for a wide body. I'm just waiting. I don't want to test print anything out because I don't have anything to test fit it on. And also, when they announced this particular kit, they announced three different versions. So, you know, I got I got to wait. That I don't want to become their competition. And, you know, again, I think plastic parts are still superior to 3D right now. So, yeah, got to wait. But something's coming, though. Yeah, and and as far as uh, you know, going back to so the launch, like you have your your new web store. T tell us about yeah. the website and also like the process when when there's a new release that's gonna come out. Um, how you go about like pre-ordering and um, and then just the final stages of getting everything like shipped out. Yeah, so uh, the new store and the new store uh, is still on IcemanCollections.com. It should still point to that. In case it doesn't, then it sends you know folks to my eBay store. Uh, you can go to IcemanCollections.myshopify.com, and that'll send you to the new store. And so, one of the biggest differences from eBay to the new store is the shipping rates are a lot better on the new store, right? So, just a little hint for everybody to that that is looking to to browse or, or buy anything, you'll get better shipping rates on that store, but when I announce uh, new items, um, and this is mainly for the kids because new items like engines or add-ons or anything like that, I only announce it through social media because it, you know, sometimes I don't know when it's gonna be released. So announce it on social media, and then Saturday it'll it'll go out like the '67 Camaro wide body kit. But with the kids, what I do, I'm sending out my newsletter the first of every month, and let's say in April when I release the the M4. Uh, that newsletter will include the exact dates that that kit will be available uh, for order, right? And so that I don't get overwhelmed, and so that I can move from one kit to the next in a in a reason in a reasonable amount of time. I allow ordering for ten days only. And usually, it's from Friday to the following Sunday, right? So people have ten days to order it. Um, I usually have kits on hand ready to ship for the first few orders. Uh, but for everybody that comes in on the back end, then, you know, it it'll it could take me a couple of weeks, depending on how many orders we get. But once those 10 days are over and people put in their orders, that's it. I don't come back to that kit again. Um, I don't I don't make any more. Uh, I start working on the next release for the following month. So I can, you know, I, I like to keep moving forward. Um, and that's one of the things that I had a really difficult time with last year is um, I got stuck on on one kid, and not in a bad way, but it I it took me months to finish printing out the orders uh, for the Mazda pickup that I did. 
because and even with that i did pre-orders but so many came in and, and it was so unexpected and, and i am very appreciative of the support that i got with that kit but in order for me to you know look at what else we can release later uh i i have to kind of make these limited runs right so how many of you want to order it during these 10 days we'll get it out as soon as it's ready and then we we start printing whatever the next release is going to be ahead of time just so we can be ahead of the curve because you know i said earlier i try not to make people wait for what they buy from me and that's one of the um big benefits that i think that we offer in our store is that if you order an engine it's ready it's ready it's ready to be shipped you never have to wait for me to print it you never have to wait for me to you know let let me find some time it's in my hand and it's ready to ship and i want to do something very similar to that with the kids or at least decrease the amount of time that people are waiting for it and it's worked out really well this year so hopefully i can keep that momentum going with the next few releases that we have yeah that that's good though i, I like how you um you have like the 10 day like to order because then I'm pretty sure you probably get this like once the 10 days are up, it's like, hey, you know, it's, it's almost like it's knocking on your door. Like, let me in. Can I yeah. can I get one in? But but then again, it's like you said, it's limited. Like, that's it. I'm not printing anymore, which gives it more mm -hmm. exclusivity. And at the same time, it, it gives the, the kit value because let's just say um, somebody purchases it from you. And, you know, let's say a year goes by and they didn't build it. But then they're like, man, I want to sell it. You know, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they're gonna probably be able to sell it for more because it's it's that's it. There's no more out there, you know, and uh, yeah. and they're numbered. You know, it's like super limited. So and it's cool because then you know it it brings a lot more awareness to your kids. Like, hey, like if you don't get them now, you're gonna end up getting them for more in the secondary market. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few pop up on eBay, and it, you know, I I don't mind. People can. Once they buy them, they can do whatever they want with them. And I've seen a few of uh, the releases from last year pop up on eBay, and they do go for a little bit more. They at least break even for sure, right? Mm -hmm. What they paid. Um, so, so yeah, that that is happening. Um, and one of the changes that we did from early last year to where we are now is that we were doing just 24 kits. Regardless of how many were purchased, we were doing 24 kits. So what I found last year with a couple of releases is I ended up getting stuck with a few kits that it took me a while to to kind of sell, right? We were doing 24. So instead, with with these 10 days that we're doing now, if the kit isn't popular and I only sell five, well, then I only sold five. And let's say I printed 10 ahead of time, then, you know, we'll offer those in the store. We'll just leave them there till they sell. But at least um, I don't commit to 24 or I don't have, you know, 15 kits sitting on my shelf till God knows when. That way we print exactly what sells and it also keeps us on track for the next build. Yeah. Dang. And when, when you, uh, I, I've seen those photos you, you post with like engines or just parts that, you know, it's all the pieces and they're all on your bench. Um, mm -hmm. that, that part where you have to collectively get everything and put it together and, you know, bag it and just yeah. package it. Um, how, how's that process like for you? Like, do you just turn on some music and just tell everybody like, yo, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be by myself for a minute, you know, let me do my thing for a couple hours. How's that process? Yeah, there, there's days, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to work, to be able to work from home. My day job is also here from home. So when I'm like in meetings or when I don't have to be in front of my computer, you know, on a phone call, I can step away and I'll come to, to the office, the hobby room and I'll, you know, 
print the labels, I'll bag a couple of kits, you know, add the inventory, whatever. Um, or if not, you know, later at the end of the day after dinner, I'll just come over, you know, spend 30 minutes and bag a few because I like to keep my bench clean, right? I'm, I'm very uh, OCD about that. And so when I have all these parts ready to be packed, I, I still need a little bit of space to do that packing or to do that, you know, the building that I do here and there. But I like to pack stuff up as soon as possible and have it ready again. It's ready to shift, right? Once it's on my bench, all it needs to be done is bagged, labeled, and and hung or put in the drawers or whatever. So I it there's not really a set time that I do that. It's whenever I have the time, but I don't like to feel like I get backed up with everything just sitting there. Yeah. Do you um do you anticipate maybe like in a couple or a few years that you'll be like, you know what, this is gonna be my full time job. Oh man, you and we've talked about this before, <laughs> you and I. Man. I'm like pushing you, pushing you to do that. I know. That. <laughs> yeah, I know I, I'm like, you know, it's. Uh, I've been working. You know, I'm working from home too, and um, I'm not like physically there in the store like every day like mm-hmm. I used to be. And I mean, I, it's already been like a couple years, you know. And um, I already got used to like working from home, and it's crazy. Like the days that I I do go to work, like in person there. Um, just, you know, helping customers and being back and forth. Like I get tired. I'm like, dang. And I used to do this all the time, you know? Yeah. And, and like now I'm just sitting down, like answering calls and stuff. I mean, it's totally different, but then, um, I don't know. A part of me is like, all right, well I'm at home, but, um, I almost feel like I'm not doing enough, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, but then I'm like, man, I, I need a, like, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my part on my business, you know, to to promote it and whatnot and and get everything out. But I I like it so much that I'm like, man, like I want like I do want to at some point step away from my day job, you know, and, yeah. and make this like my like set job. I mean, that's what I visualize. That's what's on my mind. Like every time when I'm like, you know, putting stuff together or, or, or anything, I'm just like, like, man, like. It's almost, you know, right now at this moment, like we're, we're, we're just planting the seeds right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And we'll see, man. I mean, uh, who knows? Like in the future, we'll probably be doing a podcast in three years and we'll just be like, all right, this is it. You know, <laughs> and you'll have a spot. Yeah. Like you probably won't even be, um, having the operation at home. You'll probably be like in a, in where- a shop now. Yeah. Like a warehouse or a shop somewhere with the space and just have, you know, people manning the machines, like making sure everything's uh going good and and checking the parts and everything it's crazy but yeah i do think about it often and you know that there's uh it's been about two two and a half years that that i started printing right and when i saw when i saw it start to take off i was like all right let's build a five-year plan around this and i don't i don't know that i'll be able to achieve it right but i was like in five years i'll have my store you know i'll have a shop where we're selling just 3d printed parts um, you know, that was my plan. I don't know that that's where I'll be in. I'm like halfway there. I don't know that I'll be there in two and a half years. I would like to, but the thing is that I'm closer to that goal than I was before I even set the plan in motion. Right. So I, I've gained a lot of ground and, and we've done some upgrades here in the hobby shop to, to make sure that, uh, you know, the room is well ventilated for the printers, that there's space for everything, things like that. So I've talked with the family about it, um, but it's still a long-term plan. So, I, I mean, 
how cool would it be, you know, that your day job would be something that you really like doing, right? Like one of your passions, like that'd be really cool. <laughs> Definitely, dude. That That's like, that's what I think about all the time, you know? It's, yeah. um, I mean, I like spending time with my daughter and I think that's part of it too, because I'm with her all the time and I'm just so, mm -hmm. I'm just telling myself, man, I'm so lucky that I'm seeing her grow up like every day, yeah. and, like all the time. Like I'm always with her that I almost feel like if, the moment she starts to go to like daycare or school, I'll start to like miss her more than probably she's going to miss me, you know? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and I'm just like telling myself like, man, I, I need to definitely work really hard to push this business to the next level. So this way I, I can maintain, you know, um, be able to, to basically like live off of something that I like yeah. to do. Um, because, I mean, you know, it, it, like the reason we worry is like there's bills and all that stuff, but it's also to be to be fine, to be comfortable, you know, with with mm -hmm. what we need, with security and whatnot. But um, but yeah, man, it would. I always dream about that. Like, how how dope would it be? Like, I'm already thinking, like, man, you have your spot one day. I'll, I'll like make a trip, visit you over there, make like a video vlog, and then yeah, and then I'll be, be awesome. like, yo, you next time you're in California, come, you gotta visit over here too, you know, and. I don't know. I, I just feel like um, having like, let's say if that was full time, you would have so much freedom to be able to create content, to be able to work on models, to be able to work on the projects that you're creating, you know, on yeah. hand. like you would have all this time at, at some point you would definitely have to have like a team to maybe like a couple people or a few people to help out with the content and everything. So this way everything like runs smooth. But it would be so fun, though, that you would be, like, tripping out, being like, man, I can't believe, like, what I'm doing right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. I think the time that I spent, like, I now I complain about my day job all the time. I'm like, oh, I got to take these calls. I could be over there printing, cleaning prints, whatever. But I think taking the time that, you know, like you also, that you spend in your day job and investing it into, you know, your shop you could get a lot more done. There's, you know, more products, um, more options, you know, bigger selection, like all that is a possibility. Like it's, I've run it through my head so many times, Edgar, but you know, like you said, there's, you know, we, we've got some, got some bills. There's some risks still involved with trying to, you know, start a, a new business full time, I think. Um, so some of that still holds me back. I think there's just a couple of, uh, uh, you know, pieces at home that I need to move and adjust before I can say, all right, I'm going to quit my day job and, you know, we're going to duplicate that salary through the hobby shop. And so that, you know, I think there's still some pieces that, that need to be um, shifted for that, for that to happen, for me to be confident that that's the right move. No, yeah, yeah, I want to, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> it's so true. Like I, I remember one of my friends back when we were into just creating music and and we were like playing gigs and whatnot. And I remember him, you know, at the time he was like, he had a college degree, he had a good job, like he was making good money, but he was in love with music, like producing mm -hmm. it, performing and everything. And in his mind, he was like, this is what I wanted to, you know, I don't, I don't want to be working for the city or whatever. Like, because yeah. he, <laughs> he had a city job. He's like, nah, like I, I want to, this is what I want to do. This is what makes me happy and whatnot. And it was almost to the point where he was already like, man, like I'm already, I already want to quit. You know, like he already wanted to quit <laughs> his job and start this. 
But I would always tell him, dude, like, the mu- the music is, like, super uncertain. You don't even know when you're going to get paid unless you get a gig or, or what's going to go down. So yeah. I probably wouldn't recommend it, you know. And this is, like, back then. And then he talked to this one guy who was, like, someone who had been in the music game for a longer time. And now he was, like, a an engineer. And he pretty much had a set job. And now he mm-hmm. was making his own money through his company. And he told him, he's like, look, I wouldn't quit right off the bat like you have to um get everything going with the music thing and then once you're grounded and it's like for sure set that you're that you got something going and you're gonna be you know bringing in some income then you know and once you're busy then do the switch but yeah but if it's very inconsistent like you don't know when or what's going on nah dude don't because then you're going to regret it. Like, the minute you step away from that job, it's going to be hard to get it, you know, back get back in there pretty much. And, yeah, um, and then you start you start hating it because, you know, like, it's not giving you what you – it's not, like, blossoming the way that you want it to. And you start to, I think, lose interest. So, mm-hmm. I think that's good advice. No, yeah. And, and I mean, now, now um, I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember, like, one time, you know, I had, I had, like, a few orders that I packaged together. And um, I went and I dropped them off at the post office. And um, I think it was like a week went by and I had no orders come in at all, you know. And I started thinking in my mind, like, damn, what if what if those ones that I shipped were the last ones? <laughs> you know, <laughs> What if nothing ever comes in again? I started to think that for a moment. And I was just going like, dang, like that does sound kind of scary and crazy, but. I can't be thinking that way, you know? I just got to focus on, like, wait a minute. Like, this this is fun. Like, why am I even tripping on, like, selling like that, you know? Like, worrying, like, oh, yeah. when's the next sale going to come? No, 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 no. Let me – I think that's at those points where I was like, you know what? I know I, – I do know what I need to do. I need to get back on the bench. I need to start working on these projects, you know, clearing my mind. And then when something comes in, cool, you know? Like handle it, mm-hmm. take care of it, um, get everything going, and then and then just keep going like that. Like finding that that balance, but also like a mental balance where you're not worrying about a sell. Yeah, you know. And um, yeah, those those dry spells are are they like they knock you down. How huh? you're like, wow, this is all we sold this week. Damn, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I remember, I remember, um, you know, just just like saving the money, right? Like from sales, like all right. Cool, cool. I'm saving it. I'm saving it because I'm gonna. I'm looking into buying uh, more products and more paint or whatever, you know. And then I remember, yeah. I remember just being like, "All right, I'm going all in. All my chips. Boom. <laughs> there you go." And then um, I remember, you know, I got a bunch of product in, and just being like, "Dang, like this stuff's just gonna sit here for a minute," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and just being like, "Like, man, I, I, I basically." just threw in all my chips, all my resources are all right yeah, there. Have, I have no more money to spend on yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. And, and then you go, man, more stuff's dropping. What the hell? No, oh, yeah, like, new stuff comes out. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. So, it, you know, I was like, it, like, stuff like that would happen. And I'm like, all right, all right. That, I can't let that happen no more. Like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be super chill about that stuff yeah. right there. But it happens, though. But it's true, like you said, like, something doesn't come right. And it keeps you wondering, like, man, did I buy the right thing? Like, am I getting yeah. the right product? 
I guess. Nah, I still get excited when orders come in. Like it doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter what gets ordered, but I, you know, the notification comes on my phone or whatever. And like, I have to look at it because I get excited with every sale, you know, the support that I have has been tremendous. And when I release a new product and there's been, there's been times where, you know, I release a new product on Saturday and then nobody buys it that day and nobody buys it on Sunday. And then, then not until like Tuesday or Wednesday people, st- and then it starts to pick up, you know, then I, I get really excited when new stuff, uh, when we release new stuff and, uh, you know, people start to buy it. It's, it's really cool to see that happen. Yeah, no, it, it does. But that does happen though. Sometimes you come out with something or something drops and like, it takes a while for like people to realize, oh man, it's, it's like, it's out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember like having that even happen with us in, in the flower shop business. Like we would have like, let's say like Valentine's, right? A big holiday. And like that first week of, of uh, February starts and I'm already like, I'm ready, like mentally, like, all right, I'm ready to yeah. answer all these calls. I'm ready to help everybody <laughs> that's going to come in. You know, even if there's like three, four people, I'm going to do this quick. You know, it's, it's not going to phase me, whatever. And then I'm just like, you know, Monday, nothing. Like, Dang, no one's here. <laughs> the phone ain't even ringing. And then I'm thinking, you know, you start to make excuses like, oh, it's probably because, um, probably December, you know, they probably spent a lot yeah. of money, you know, <laughs> and then, and then it's getting closer and closer and going like, dang, like, what's, let, let me check the phones. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to call the shop for my cell phone. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, we got to check if the phones wrong. are ringing. All right. And then you're like, all right, they're ringing. Dang. And then you're like, hey, is uh, the Wi-Fi connection, everything cool? Like, hey, check the website. Make sure it's like, everything's good. You know, just that paranoia, you know, being like, yeah. But then Can I do something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, um, you know, people come in and they start buying stuff and then you start noticing like, man, we're already like three, like three, four days out and everyone's coming in last minute, you know? And then the day mm-hmm. of the main day of like, I want to order for delivery that day. And it's oh, like, that's crazy. Oh, dude, it's already like, by then it's already sold out. Like it's done, you know? Yeah. Um, but Leading up to it, like those that first week, there's nothing, dude. And then after that, like all of a sudden, everything presents itself, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like this this initial week leading up to it, like the last four days, it's like it gets intense, you know. But it's because some people are like, "Oh, like I forgot," or "Oh, I didn't even know." Yeah. And and it goes to show, like that's like a crazy major holiday, and people still forget, you know. And, and it's like, you know, we're like releasing or promoting stuff that's going to come out. And it's like, you know, sometimes, damn, we, it's like, it could happen, but you know, it's almost like we shouldn't, we probably shouldn't beat ourselves up about it or just be bummed. We just be like, all right, cool. It's all good. So, you know, yeah. but like you said, it, it, it it's exciting and it's fun once it starts to come around those orders. Yeah. And I, and yeah, and it's crazy because, you know, I know not, not everybody's stuck to their Instagram or their Facebook account. So I know that not everybody sees the posts like when we release new items. And I blame it on the algorithm that Instagram and Facebook have. But, you know, I, I release products, you know, and, and you know, they, sometimes they sell and sometimes they don't. But, you know, I do like test prints, right? So most of the time people know what's coming, what I'm testing. Um, and then I do teasers throughout the week right before it gets released. But not, not everybody sees those posts you know sometimes they miss them i've had people ask me hey when when are you going to release this engine and i'm like it's been out for two weeks dude it's on the site now you know and it's just because they're not on instagram or social media all the time and i rely on that like a hundred percent 
Um, I don't, I, there's nowhere else where, where I advertise. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck to that right now. Um, and that's why I'm hoping that with the newsletter, as, as time goes by, you know, if I get more subscribers that I'm able to provide that, uh, that teaser of what's coming that entire month, but because those dry spells, like we said, they're horrible. And, and, you know, so once the sales start coming in, it's, it's exciting to see that that support is still there. No, yeah, it is. You're, you're right. And as far as like the the projects, you know, like now, you know, you're, you've always been building, but you know, I've, I've noticed this year you, you've been like super busy, dude. And I mean, you know, I know I build myself, but then I have a problem where I reach a certain point where I don't complete the build. You know, I, I get to a point where like I kind of stop and because I'm waiting on something, a part or whatever, and then yeah. let's say it comes in and I have it now. It's still kind of like I, I almost get caught up in other stuff that that I, I go, man, like I need to find that momentum again to mm-hmm. to finalize and finish up this car. Like I'm working on the like I'm still working on the Liberty Walk, um, the Lamborghini. And mm-hmm. all I need to do is just um, add carbon fiber uh, water slide decal to like three more parts and add the water slides to the to the body. And clear coat it and then just put it together. That's all I need to do. Yeah. Um, the interior, I'm not really going to go too crazy on it. I'm more focused on the exterior of the car. But I was waiting on, on those Zoom-on rivets and I got them in. And I was like, cool, I'm going to use these on it. And it's almost like that lack of like that inspiration at the moment right now. I know I'll, I'll definitely, because I'm like telling myself, I'm not going to touch anything until I finish that car. You know, mm-hmm. but, but for you, it's like... It's different. I, I see you just like you start and you show the process and then you have it completely done. And I'm like, I try. I'm like, dude, yeah, like, I... <laughs> like, dude, props to you, though. Like, I see that. And I'm like, damn, either the same with Jesse, you know, I, I see that uh, Juan for you, like just cranking stuff out, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm like, damn, like, that's that's so dope. Like, I like that, that discipline of not like stopping, you know, until it's done. Yeah, I, I try, but I'll be honest with you, Edgar. I, I, I try to keep multiple builds going on at the same time for that same reason, right? In case I get bored, I'll shift to another one and maybe come back. But there's been a couple of builds, like the, the 32 High Boy that I just finished. That's something I started last year or the year before. I was looking at older pictures, and I just never finished it because I, it was supposed to be um, it was supposed to be really low, and so I was going to have to modify the interior. And I... I got into a lot of challenges and I couldn't figure it out. So I put it in the box. So when I took it out last month, I was like, okay, let's rethink what I was doing. Let's just do a high boy and, you know, reduce the amount of modifications. And that's how I was able to finish it. But it, it still took me a while. The other one that I took out at the beginning of the year was a resin body. That's it's a, it's a 51 Chevy body with the fenders of a 50 Buick, right? It has that. I posted pictures of it with some big, teeth grill in the front and I was really excited and um and then I I just couldn't decide whether I wanted to do uh like a rat rod build with just this huge motor coming out of the hood or if I wanted something shiny you know and people send me pictures all the time and and then I was just like okay I like I can't decide so I it's back in the box like it's not even on my bench anymore because I do get stuck sometimes and I and it's happened to me that I will I'll be like fuck it I'm just gonna do it like this and then 
because it's not 100% how I wanted to do it, I lose motivation. So by the time I get to the end of the build, like, I don't even want to see it anymore. Like, it's just not what I wanted. So, you know, it happens to me, but there, I, I try to stay uh, on builds and, and finish them. Like, if I'm really into it, um, I can do it. Like, the, the Toyota Mini truck that I did, ooh, that one was really good. Everything went together so well. Um, I was really excited with what I was doing. I tried to take my time. And that one I did do from start to finish. Um, but, you know, sometimes I think we just, you know, stuff happens, whether it be in the hobby or in life. And you just kind of lose motivation and sometimes it's not on purpose but it, it happens like and maybe to everyone yeah in that pickup the the toyota pickup i was gonna ask you the side is that the mirror finish they use on the side for like the, the it, chrome yeah it is man it looks great on it man. <laughs> it looks crazy like just, i like it like the way it pops even with the wheels and everything like it just it just shines really nice yeah it looks really good and and i you know i at first I had just BMF out and I was like, I'm going to put it on there. And then I did the first side and I was like, that looks horrible. And then I remembered, you know, that you, you told me about the, uh, the mirror finish that I had gotten from you. And, uh, I was like, let's, let's give it a shot. And it took, it took me a few tries, but I got it to where I, you know, I was happy with it and it looks a lot better uh, than just the regular foil. Like I got rid of all my foil sheets and I bought, uh, that mirror finish. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful stuff, man. That's dope, dude. That, that uh, well, the Hasagawa has so many selections. You know, they they make so many different colors and different things, and they just recently re uh, released some like uh, they're like wood finish. Yeah, and there's three different um like colors. You know, like there's oak, dark, dark. I don't know. There's all these different tones, right? That they came yeah. out with. And um, I'll be carrying those later. Like, I'll definitely carry those because they showed some mock-ups, some examples of people using those, like, on their dashboards of the interior of the cars. Oh, that'd um, be nice. Also on the side panels of uh, of some, like, VWs. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. It just looked, it looked pretty cool, like, the way um, it looked to scale, you know? And then yeah. um, they also have another one that I'm going to be getting. They don't have it available now. But they do two versions. So they do one that's a light blue. And then there's one that's just, I guess, like their standard blue. So this blue is basically just a tint for the windows. Oh, that's so, awesome. So like, because I've seen photos um, of Japanese model builders who add the light blue on their builds of the glass. And it gives it like mm -hmm. this really nice, like, like light blue tint color um, on there. And then there's an other ones with the dark that they use or the standard blue, but it looks really dark. It almost looks like like if it's like water or whatever, like the, the color of that tone. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I've seen some examples of that, like on headlights and even on the mirrors, but it just looks it looks darker. But that light colored one looks really nice. I'll send you some photos later so you can check them out. Um, yeah, send them to me. And it's funny because when, you know, when you told me about the mirror finish, I was like, yeah, let me get it. And then I got it. And I, you know, I, I used it first on a 55 Chevy build that I did last year. And I was like, this is awesome. And so I, I ended up, look, you know, looking at all the options they have. And you weren't carrying it at the time. So I ended up getting gold and some carbon fiber options that they have. I still haven't tried them. But I, I liked it so much, just the way that it lays down, that I was like, I'm going to try some of these. Yeah. No, yeah. There's, dude, there's just so much that I was like, Man, like this is a whole another thing going down a rabbit hole. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to carry the whole line. 
you know? I know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And and that mirror finish, like I, I had never seen it before. And I know that, you know, some of you guys that do a lot of show cards have used it for a while, but like even in the community, I barely this year started to see other people on Facebook groups kind of say, Hey, you know, we got this and this is different. So like, it's been brand new to me. Um, yeah. And one of the, one of the things that I found that was really cool and I still want to want to try it, you know, how, uh, back in the days you would tint, you would tint the windows and then it was like a mirror finish from the outside mm-hmm. with, with this same, uh, mirror finish. If you, because you know how it's stretchy, if you stretch it out, yeah. it gets, it gets transparent. But you still have that semi mirror look on one side, so I want to try doing some windows with with that look. Yeah, yeah, dang, that that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah, that that's one of the things I like about it that it's like stretchy also. Um, because to me that that product was introduced to me from Armando Flores. Mm-hmm. He, he introduced that to me. I remember when I was using my uh, '67 Impala. Um, mm-hmm. when I was working on that build. I was going to use bare metal foil on that. And, you know, he was, he was telling me like, all right, well, you got chrome plated parts already. You have the paint job done and all this and that, but like you, you can't, you be using bare metal foil if you're going to be doing like a show car. <laughs> and I was like, um, all right, like, well, you know, what should I use then? And then he had like a small sheet at the time, like really tiny. And he's uh like you could use this, you know, and that's what it was. It was a product of that, but it was already like maybe half of of how it is packaged, you know. Yeah. So then, um, and he was like, "It's gonna, it's gonna last you though. Trust me, it's gonna go a long way." So then, I started to uh, to just process it the same way as bare metal foil, cutting it with the ruler and the knife and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, it took some attempts until I could kind of size it to to like the trim of the windows and um and then once i saw it laid out i was like oh my god like this is it you know i'm not gonna use a game changer yeah i'm not gonna use anything else but this for that so then um i used it on the 67 and then later um i used it on other other builds that i was doing and i was just saving that piece and i still have Mm -hmm. it i was like i'm just saving this piece for whenever I'm going to do um, a particular car that I really wanted to be like, like a show car or whatever. I was just like, this is what I'm going to use. But um, to me, that's, that's how it was introduced to me. I didn't see anybody else using that. Um, and then I remember, um, I believe Jeffries was another person that was using it who referenced it as well. But I remember, <laughs> I remember one time when we were in Japan, we went to a store and they sold it. It was it was like a different brand, and um, dude, it was like basically like a big sheet, like the size of a like a like a paper, you know? Yeah. But it looked huge, and they just slid it in a bag, and they they just stapled whatever brand like on the bag, you know? Oh, that's funny. And I was yeah. like, damn, this thing's all huge. And I remember buying the sheet, like I bought it, and this is like like before, right? Like. Not like right now, like now I have the access to buy the Hasegawa ones, but before I didn't. So I was like, oh, I'm going to buy the sheet. It's going to last me for like 10 years or something, you know? And then yeah. um, I just had it. Like I, I kept it for a, for a while. And then um, at some point I just told her, here, I'll give it to you. You can have it. You know, you could use it because you're constantly building. 
and I don't think I'm going to be using it anytime soon. And eventually, you know, as time passed, um, you know, just talking with people, I remember some people asking me like, yo, how'd you get it to be that Chrome or what is that? You know, and it was almost like one of those things like, you know, now it started to stand out more. Pe people were asking the questions. So it was just like, oh, it's it's Hasegawa. You know, it's a, a mere a mirror a finish. But now the problem lies is that it's hard to get. Because yeah. I was telling people about it and then they looked it up and they were like, dude, that stuff's expensive or I can't find it. Or um, I found it on Amazon for 60 bucks, 80 bucks or eBay. You know, but it's not even in the States. I have to get it from Japan. And um, and I remember uh, George, too, talking with him. And I was like, yo, have you ever used this product? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've used it before, you know. So he knew about it, too. And um, and it was cool because then after, later I was just like, like, damn, like, is this one of those, like, best-kept secrets? Like, right. <laughs> like, with, with this piece, you know. I was like, damn. But... Um, I mean, I feel like now, um, you know, that, that's kind of the, like for my store where I feel like if I, if I have access to get it, I want to get it. So this way, you know, I could bring it out and, and people can use it, um, on their builds. But I, but I also feel like, you know, it's one of those pieces where right now I could be like, oh man, this is a hot seller. This is, this one's going to take off, but not, not everyone has caught onto it yet. Like yeah. it's it's still kind of like like a low key kind of component to model to the to the model building scene, you know. Um, but I have had people that bond the bare metal foil, and then later they go, you know what? I'm gonna try out that that mirror uh, finish now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? But but you see, that's the cool thing. Like if you think about it, like in the future, you know, the models are gonna be enhanced with the 3D building. Uh, model model printing for the building and then there's going to be more photo edge stuff coming out and then hopefully all these little accessories you know are going to be popping up more and more that the builds are going to be on a whole another level with yeah. a year or two and it's crazy because you know you hear you hear i've heard some folks say oh you know the hobby's dying but i don't think it is like i think it's growing it's just a different audience i think but you know, like you said, there's all these different products, you know, different different add-ons that just keep popping up that I don't really think it's dying, it, you know? But yeah, I don't, I don't I think don't it's know. dying. I, I feel like, um, like you said, it, it's a different crowd um, who's thinking that way. Like, oh, it's, it's done, you know, because I, I feel like the community we're part of, that everyone we're all, like, you know, connected with on Instagram um especially it's moving forward like rapidly yeah you know and even that like even though we're into model building it still branches out into other things other scales that we get inspiration from that and i feel like everybody is like holding the torch everyone's like raising up their flag and proud you know and moving mm -hmm. forward, moving forward and and doing stuff that we get more and more people you know coming either coming back or just getting started getting into it and it's always going to be like that and i mean if anything um like let's just say for if there's someone saying like oh it's dead it's gonna come out like i if anything i just feel like you just need to kind of connect with some people that are active like doing stuff and it, it's gonna make you forget about that quick 
You're going to be like, yeah, you're just going to be, you're just going to be focusing on what's going on. Um, and then they're going to motivate you and you're going to want to start like building or get, getting back into it for sure. Yeah. I mean, thing, I think things have changed over the years, but I, you know, I, I'm excited to see, like you see it on Instagram that new people are coming on, you know, I'm a new builder or you see a new Instagram account starts following you with, with new builds. So I love where it's headed. You know, you know, what's funny is um, I, I remember like in the music scene when when everybody was like making like just producing stuff. It's almost like everybody had to go to a studio. You had to buy expensive equipment to do this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the minute you were able to buy like digital software to create it on your laptop, that was a game changer. That's almost like 3D printing like was introduced. Right. Yeah. Now you had all these bedroom producers is what they were being labeled as. But then <laughs> like, I mean, I was like that, like a bedroom producer then all, cause I didn't need no studio. I could just do it on my headphones, you know, or have little monitors and I was just doing stuff. And it was like, that became like the next thing. Like everybody was making music yeah, constantly. Boom, boom, boom. And then the thing that was so funny is in the scene, like new, new people would be coming in. Right. And everybody that was new, was like doper and doper and doper everybody was just it was just getting better that you were like oh man like i need i need to work on my sound you know like these guys are dope and the the funny thing was is that um you would follow them on instagram or follow or check them out and um and they started it was almost in the beginning people would have this big old like paragraph on their bio or whatever Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you came across like a new like dope producer and you were like, oh, who is this dude? I, I need I need to look him up. And you click him and there's no info on him, no photos. And all it says is 18, like he's re- <laughs> referencing his age, like, like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm 18 years old and all you fools are like 30 and older. And like, you guys are whack. Like, I'm killing it, you know? And we were like, dang, this fool's 18. And then all of a sudden a new cat would come in and he's like 14. And we're like, dang. And it it was just funny. Like, and then later it was like more like a joke, you know? Um, People were just putting like their age, like that they were super young coming out, you know, out of the gates already, like doing all this dope stuff. And I don't know. I mean, now we get obviously people from different age ranges, but it is kind of cool when you do see like younger people jumping into the scene. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it probably happens, like, in a lot of the hobbies, because, you know, you have Leo, and, you know, you had Pablo not so long ago, and, and, you know, him and his sons are all builders, and he's super young, and he's, I've seen him do some amazing builds, things, you know, that some of us that are a little older are, are I'm like, I could never do that, like, you know, kudos to him, so I, it probably happens in every hobby, and I it's a little intimidating, right? Because you're like, oh, I can't do that. You know, like it I've been is. building for years. <laughs> and that kid has some skill, man. Mm-hmm. No, nah, yeah, he's he's super dope. And I, I just feel, if anything, uh, for him, he, he's in the right he's in the right place, right time right now. Because like, yeah. you know, he's, it's like, he has his dad for knowledge and inspiration. But then again, there's all these shows that could go down in Southern California that he could attend, get some inspiration. And mm-hmm. not only that, like, as he gets older, for sure, he's going to be, like, kicking it, chopping it up with everybody, you know, yeah. that it, he's just going to have so much knowledge, experience, and skills 
Um, I mean, he already has the skills, but it's just going to, like, you know, keep going to another level pretty much. He's going to be able to tell some of those stories that, you know, that he's he's seen how the hobby's changing right now. So he's going to be like, when I started building, you know, this was happening. So that's going to be really cool. No, it is, man. It's pretty cool. Um, what um, besides the business part now for projects? What do you What are you thinking you're going to be able to dabble into this year? For what are your plans for 2022 model building wise? Model building wise, like for projects for myself? Yes. Oh, let's see. Uh, tell you what, I have on the bench right now. I have that green. Uh, 76 Caprice that I've been trying to to finish. Um, I just started a 72 Chevy pickup with the utility box that um, that I just started selling. And then I have a deal that I, uh, Diorama that I started, right? Just very simple, bunch of rocks, a uh, bike and a rider. Um, that's what I have right now. But I do want to get back into a lot of the builds from the 30s. Um, like I've had plans for a 36, uh, Ford for a really long time for a 37, uh, or pickup for a really long time. So I, I told myself at the beginning of the year that I was going to try and slow down on my bills. Um, because without even thinking about it last year, I had 15 completed projects Dang. that I did for the year. And that's a lot. That is a lot. So there, and, and, you know, all of them have flaws. All of them are like, I know what I'm going to do different next time, you know? So this year, I, other than those, other than the 36 Ford and the, and the, the Chevy, um, I don't have anything else planned yet, but I do want to try and take my time a little bit more on the detailing that I'm doing. Um, so I kind of, you know, I'm trying to start off a little bit slow. I'm uh, not, not uh, going crazy on the builds. Um, but I do want to add a little more detail as, as the year goes by on some of the newer builds. That's cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cause um, I mean, I like to ask those questions just because, you know, it's um, for everyone out there. I, I think it's pretty cool to, to look at this year and just like plan out some stuff of what you want to build, what you get into. There's some people I follow on Instagram who I see they, uh, they post, um, like certain cars and they, and they're not a lot. It could be like maybe like three or, or four builds, um, mm -hmm. the, the kits. And they say like, this is, this is what I'm excited for building and what I plan on building on for this year. Yeah. And, um, I, I think it's cool, you know, and, and it's all like planning because it does take time to build depending at the, the time you have and the rate that you build it at and, and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. but when you start to backtrack and see their Instagram, you do see like, oh, wow, they have done like various builds. They get them yeah. done. You know, imagine if I did a video and I'm like, yo, I'm gonna build all these. And I bust out, with six. <laughs> Dude, they're not going to be built. <laughs> that, well, that's what I was, that's what I was saying about commitment. Imagine I'm like, I'm gonna be, no, I have a hard time finishing a build sometimes. And I, I do want to build, I do want to build the Liberty Walk Lambo though, that, that I bought from you. So that one's on my list too, but do you know, it. again, I was that was gonna be my first build of the year, right? And then, oh. you know, something else came up, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait on that. And and that's that's why I try not to plan so much stuff ahead of time. Because if I see an idea, like I I could not even tell you how many started projects I have in my stash. There's there's too many because sometimes I see an idea that I just have to chase like the minute that I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we'll see. We'll, we'll see what else comes on the bench, man. No, nah, that's cool. Well, hey, bro, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, Likewise, man. Thank you for, for being on the podcast. We're definitely going to have to do this again, um, a, fo- yeah. a follow-up. And, um, hey, we, we um, as much as we have our dreams, we got to we gotta reach them, you know? Uh, we, yeah. We gotta, we'll, we'll get there. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, if you guys want to check out um, Joel's stuff on Instagram, Make sure you check him out at Iceman Collections. He's on Instagram. And then um, also the website, IcemanCollections.com. Make sure you uh, check him out on there. But, yeah. you know, once I do the, the post and everything, he'll also, I'll, I'll put all the, the, the handles and everything on there in the, the websites cool. as well. But um, thank you, bro. It was cool talking to you. And um, just keep, keep doing your work. And, um, you know, we'll shout you out and, and do whatever we can to help you promote. And also, I'll be keeping an eye out, and I'll have to mark my calendar for that BMW M4. It's coming, man. It's coming. And just some shout-outs to, you know, all the designers that that help, that help me out. Andre, Maddie, thank you guys. Uh, the guys that are doing uh, a box art for me, Jesse. Chester's doing a, a Metro band for me. Also, Juan, Armando, George Torres from so many ways. You know, that there's, there's a lot of people. And then, of course... You guys that support me, you know, with buying the the crazy ideas that I that we come up with, thank you. And then the last thing that I want to mention, Edgar, is that uh, tournament build off that's coming up. I know I've, I've been dragging the the launch of it, but it's coming up really soon. We have yes. f- fifteen uh, different sponsors from all over the world, including yourself. There, you know, there's a lot of them, fifteen. So I, they're tagged. I'm going to tag them again this weekend, but I'm going to be announcing the theme as well as the dates very soon. So for those of you that are ready to jump in again, we're only going to do 32 entries, 32 builders, um, finalizing the last things this week, and then we'll be taking names. So keep an eye out for that. But thanks for having me, Edgar. Yeah, Always yeah. a pleasure, man. No, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to promote that. Once you have all the, all the information um, on that with the dates and everything, we'll have mm-hmm. to mention it for sure. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, bro. Take care and uh, have a good night. You too, man. And we'll talk soon. Peace out. Sounds good, man. Uh Later. Bye.